Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Driven to Succeed Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Brett LaCoy, and I have a very special guest here today, Susan. You just got married. I, I did. don't know your last name anymore. <laughs> what is your last name, Susan? My last name is now Mosher. Is now Mosher. Well, congratulations on getting married. Thank you. Um, and yeah, no, thank you for being here. You are welcome. Thank you for being here. Yeah, so let's see. Let's let's get right into it. So you know kind of how we do things here. We have a prop yep. that we have and kind of tell us a little bit about the story on how you got into real estate. What is your prop today? My prop is an x-ray of my right leg after I was in a life-threatening four-wheeler accident. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we need we need more details. How? Why? <laughs> how did how did a four wheeler accident get you into this into this journey? Um, I was four wheeling with my kids, and I got hit by another four wheeler and thrown several hundred feet, and it severed off my right leg, um, the soft tissue in my lower right leg. Kind of was like a bomb exploded. It was gone. So, and I had broken my femur, my tibia, my other bone in there. I can't remember what it's called at the moment. (laughs) And ended up having a total of 39 surgeries to keep my leg. And I was in a coma. So they pronounced me dead several times, a couple of times in the helicopter, a couple of times on the operating table because I had bled out so much. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And I've always been interested in real estate my entire life. I always talked about it. So after I was able to walk and get back to work, I sat my boys down and asked what they thought if mom took a risk and went and followed her dream and went for my real estate license. They were super supportive. They said, go for it, mom. It's been your dream. You've been talking about it forever. So we support you. I quit my job, went into class, a one-week class for real estate, passed my test with flying colors the first time, and I have not looked back. Not looked back. Yeah, absolutely No, I have my dream job. You have your dream job. Out of curiosity, what were you doing before? I was a manager um, for... A renewable energy company oh cool so yep for customer service and for the techs and training okay so yeah very good very good so you started on your journey for real estate after the accident yep what did you uh, kind of cut your teeth on when you started is it the same now as it was back then or what like first-time home buyers selling homes Um, what did you start in I started just selling homes okay uh, taking any leads I could okay and I love home buyers I love them Um, first-time home buyers I get I think more excited than they do especially (laughs) on closing day I've had a few first-time home buyers cry and they've made me cry so yeah. Yeah. Well, there's obviously a lot of story there. Yeah. Because no. you become attached to, I become attached to my clients because you go through this whole process with them from getting pre-approved 
to hunting for a house, losing nowadays, losing several offers before mm-hmm. you get one accepted. You go through that heartbreak with them that you have to make that horrible phone call saying, I'm sorry, but we did not win this offer, but it wasn't meant to be. And we go on to the next one. So I'm sorry. I shouldn't have made that so <laughs> obvious <laughs> for hitting the table. All good. All good. You're still oh, no Brandon okay. Olson. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of how it started. And I've just progressed from there. And I don't think of my clients as clients. I think of them as friends because I do get attached to them. Oh, absolutely. I really do. And you and you and I, we've done a couple deals together. Yes. And there's one that comes to mind. <laughs> He's from out of state. Oh, <laughs> I loved him. <laughs> we still text back and forth every now oh, and again. Do you? Oh, I just yeah. check in with him every now and then. Did you hear about the last time you went to uh, went the, to the house? The flooding. Uh, oh, that he was in a car accident. <gasps> no. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, he was in the hospital for a couple days. So every time he goes back to enjoy his house, it seems like something comes up. Which we're not uh, <laughs> we're not saying that it's cursed or anything, <laughs> but. He, yeah, memorable client. Yes. Oh, I loved him. And yeah. like I said, they become family. It was so exciting and to see their excitement. Oh. Closing is incredible. Absolutely. So actually, that's a good segue because you work with folks quite a bit of time that might not be dealing with uh, being able to be in the property. They might be out of state. Right. Right, because you're licensed where? I am licensed in Minnesota and Florida. Right now, and are you going to be licensed anywhere else? I will be licensed in Wisconsin, Iowa, and Tennessee. Okay. So you've really cracked a code here for helping folks that, you know, hey, if I want to move to another state, yep. Yep. you know how to get that going. You know Absolutely. how You know how to get the, get the hookups going. So can you tell me a little bit about that? What makes your process unique? Um. I will get a client who will be reaching out looking for a lake property. Mm-hmm. And we always start out in Minnesota, but then I suggest do you, you're looking to drive two and a half, three hours for good fishing or a nice lake. What do you think about going over to Wisconsin? It's two, three hours, same drive, but we have more options. It opens up our options. Mm-hmm. And they're all for it. And yeah, we found a couple over there. So that's great. They love it, and it's like vacation homes. A lot of people are selling because they can get a good price, and they're looking for a vacation home because nowadays, I'm finding a lot of my clients can work from home. Right. So now they don't need the big home and the small lake cabin. They can sell their home and, and live. Just- at their lake place. Which I mean. And work from. Yeah. And that, I mean, kind of is the dream, right? Yes, that is the dream. You know, and because, yeah. No, so that's great. So that's how, so you're very well acquainted with that and you're Mm -hmm. able to help your borrowers do that. I know you've had success because I've been there when we've done that. Yes. Um, So what are some things that right now you want clients to kind of know about this market? Um, The biggest thing I'm hearing is frustration that the interest rates are going up. It's not my fault, I swear. <laughs> it's not my fault. I'm going to blame you. And then the price, but the prices of the homes are not dropping. And they thought it would drop, even though I've told them repeatedly, it's, the 
prices are not going to drop. They're probably going to stay stable. Even though the interest rates are going up, you may be able to negotiate five, ten thousand. 10,000. I said, but I, the house prices have held steady. They're, and I think they're going to hold steady. Yeah. Um, I know that there's talk about recessions, mm-hmm. things like that. And, you know, I feel like some people, you know, get a little bit nervous whenever they hear that. But what would, but really, I mean, to go in and buy a home right now, especially if you're renting, mm-hmm. especially if you're renting, buying a home right now is one of the best hedges you can have against inflation. Absolutely, because you're not going to lose on property. The right. prices may kind of rock and roll a little bit, mm-hmm. but you're not paying somebody else's mortgage, which means you're not helping them maintain property. Right. If you purchase, you and it's probably cheaper to purchase than it is to rent nowadays. Yeah, depending on where you are at. Yep. 100%. Um, you and I both have investment properties, correct? You know, and as and we're seeing that we're 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 seeing the the well, number one with with interest rates going up, new investors are going to charge more. Correct. They're and going to have to. They are going to have to. Plus, taxes are going up, so property taxes. So, investors are going to have to raise their rent. Plus, the demand right now is so high. I rent in Florida where I live. Mm-hmm. And I was just notified that my rent is going up by 3% down there. So now it's time for me to buy. Right. So because it's incredible. The demand down there is so high because a lot of people are moving to Florida. Do you think that there are going to be folks, because right now Florida is just a hot, hot market. Hot, hot market. And it's it's important to know how to buy down there, obviously. Homeowners insurance down there, a little bit different than up here. Yes. Um, they have natural disasters down in Florida <laughs> that are not quite a tornado. No. <laughs> and that could, that could drastically affect, um, you know, let's say that there was an investor that they just emptied everything and they're not cash flowing a lot. What happens then when a hurricane comes through? Right. To their insurance premium. It goes up. It goes, it goes up. up. It goes up. And we're predicted in Florida to have a very active year this year. Right. So. So these are all the things that Susan can tell you about being in Florida and how to make sure that you are shopping correctly Mm -hmm. because it is much different than here. But how many people do you know from Minnesota moving down to Florida? Oh, there's quite a few. There's quite a few. (laughs) And they don't know that up here. Right. They don't know that up here. Right. And you need to let them know. You need to go through all the what ifs. Mm -hmm. Even though it may not happen, there's always those what ifs, especially with the hurricanes. And then the flooding that comes with the hurricanes because the waves, the tidal gets higher and higher. And depending on what side of the storm you're on. So we always have to make them aware of that. They may say, well, I'm not zoned for flood insurance. I said, no, but you're within a mile of the beach. You just might want to purchase that flood insurance. And in Florida, before hurricane, they will shut down and not sell flood insurance during hurricane season. So you need to purchase it prior. Oh, that's really good information. See, if I was to buy a place down in Florida, I wouldn't have known that. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So they're we not. We bought it because we're close to the intercoastal, so. Sure. And even though we're renting, we have renter's flood insurance. Right, which I'm assuming you're still going to want. Guys, for everybody who's watching this, whether it's homeowners or it's renters, if you're renting, please have that. Have insurance, yes. It is so important. It costs, what, 15, 20 bucks a month? Yeah. You know, it's it's not a huge investment. Well, it is. It's a big, it's, a, it, it's not a huge investment, it is, but it's super important. Right, super important, huge, huge, because your landlord's only covering your landlord's property. Yes. And he's covering his appliances or her appliances. They're covering their items, what they would need to replace should the unit burn down or a flood come through. It does not protect your belongings no. whatsoever. So if you do not have renter's insurance and the apartment burns down or the house burns down or you have a flood water issue, um, a tornado and rain damage and wind damage, that is not protecting your stuff. No. And if you have any valuables, trust me, it's yeah. get it, insur- get get it, it insured. insured. It's and generally pretty cheap. For replacement value. <laughs> yes. Because it's still very, very achievable yes. as far as expense. So Yes. All right. Well, we kind of went down a little bit of a rabbit hole there, but that's okay. <laughs> um, what is one of the number one mistakes you're seeing home buyers, even home sellers out there making right now in this market? <sighs> mistakes. I don't like to say anybody makes mistakes. Um... What learning moments? Waiting, waiting, waiting. Should have, could have went higher in an offer. They lost their dream home because they didn't want to go above list price or they didn't want to go too high above list price. And I've had several clients turn around and wish they had gone higher. Right. So the only advice I can give my clients is to... Put in an offer nowadays at what you would not feel bad losing the house at, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So so essentially, you know, don't just go off of list price. Mm-hmm. Go off of what you think it's worth to you. Mm-hmm. And the appraisal gap. And the appraisal huge... gap is huge. Yes. So let's let's talk about that. Like we have some money saving ideas because appraisal gap what that is is the bank that's me mm-hmm. right I, I can only lend up to what the appraiser says the home is worth right so if the home comes in at three hundred fifty thousand dollars on the appraisal but the contract price is at three hundred seventy thousand that means that there needs to be another twenty thousand dollars there if we're gonna stay at that purchase price and you're still gonna use financing so it's in important especially for a lot of first-time home buyers to know with the appraisal gap that it might not just be closing costs and the three percent down or the three and a half percent down depending on your loan program i tell people this all the time the more money that you have the more options you have if you're serious about getting a house mm-hmm. maybe you don't go out on the weekends for a couple months right i mean even if even and this is what I'm hearing. Even if it's like two thousand dollars towards appraisal gap, it's, I mean, it's something. It's, it's something, something. Yep. and it shows that you're serious. Yep, yeah. It, it shows that you're serious. You know, 
anything that you can do to make yourself look better than the competition, mm -hmm. do it. Yep. Yep. Or paying the, even though the seller's closing costs are nowhere near what a buyer's is, offer to pay the seller's closing costs. That's something. That's something to help you win. Terry actually had a really interesting offer. <laughs> um, uh, in the offer, it said if the uh, if the wild go all the way, that they would buy the seller's um, tickets on the center line right down right down by the oh. front. <laughs> no, that the, is a good one. And I can't remember if that one won or not, but it's like that's that's interesting. Your offer is definitely going to stand out there. Yep, yep. You know, and that's kind of what you want to have happen at right. the very least. Exactly. You want your offer to stand out. I've even asked other agents, what can my buyers do to stand out? Right. What can my buyers do for your sellers to help make this transition mm -hmm. and their offer more attractive? Right. Case of FHA. Mm -hmm. If oh, Hey, hey now, hey now. <laughs> If they're FHA and you have, if you have clients that are like, you know what, I love this place, mm -hmm. and you notice there's a little peeling paint on the windows, you say, hey, you know what, if we can get that fixed, we're going to be okay. Yep. We have done that. Yeah. Yes. So that's, that's great. Yes. We have that's done that. We have had contractors come in and make the repairs prior to the appraisal. Mm-hmm to make sure it passed FHA and it was on the buyer's cost. And it was on and the buyer's the cost. Yep. And we just drew up a contract with the sellers allowing the buyers, contractors to go in, make the repairs. And at closing, we had the paid receipts so there wouldn't be any liens or anything that the sellers would be responsible for. So That's awesome. That's a great story. There's a way to make it happen. Yes. There's a way to make it happen. Whoa, are my chair's breaking or what? <laughs> oh, well, anyways, can you tell me about a time where things went a little sideways and how you were able to overcome it? There's a couple of them. Um, okay, the one pick your stands, favorite one. The one that stands out the most is I had a buyer. It was my, in one of my first year, maybe, where... The lender, we we just lost track of the lender. Oh. We put in an offer. We got it accepted. They were pre-approved. It was a VA loan, and the lender just stopped returning my client's calls, wouldn't return my calls, wouldn't return emails, and it was two and a half weeks before closing. We still haven't had an appraisal or anything. So I called a lender that I had worked with before and said, here it is. Here's our situation. We're supposed to close in two and a half weeks. Is there anything you can do? And the lender stepped up and got the appraisal, got the application in, the VA loan, and we closed on time just by the hair on our chinny chin chins. Just by the skin of your yeah, teeth. Yeah, it was, oh, so close. And... I didn't know what to do. I felt so bad from my clients because their lender just disappeared. They just ghosted them. Yeah. And was this like during 2020, 2021? No, or this, this was, was oh, 
before 2020. Okay, well, this is, okay, well, it's still scary to be, like, two and a half weeks out and not have an appraisal. Right. <laughs> that That's always scary. That's always um, scary. But if that was in, like, 2020, 2021, oh. We would have had to move the closing back a month. Probably, yeah. 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 So, okay. Well, that's good. But so, that one stands out the most because tears were even oh. apparent and nervous wreck and he wasn't my the mr buyer wasn't eating or sleeping or uh. and they had already had their house packed their old house was sold and they were moving in and so, so i did everything i could we called movers we called storage we just so you got the connections down yeah yeah and we made it happen and you made it happen yes that's a, that's a good story and they have been they're dear friends of mine now to this day. That's great. So I check on them every month and just say, how's it going? We stopped by at Easter and brought a little basket for their son. And they're doing wonderful. They couldn't be happier. But it was, whew, that was a rough one. That was a rough one. <laughs> that was a rough one. Well, sounds like everything worked out, though. Yep. Sounds like you got some family members out of it. Yes. So that's fantastic. I'm getting the side eye from our director. Oh. But we have one more question that we're gonna oh, we're no. gonna do because this is a good one. Can you tell me your favorite real estate story? Oh, my favorite! I, I have know. so many. I know, and I'm gonna make you choose one. Um, Don't use names, so no one can say, "Hey, I thought I was your favorite real I estate know. story." I don't know. I have so many. I don't know. You don't can I know. Use your wife. <laughs> sure <laughs> you can use my wife <laughs> who is a dear sweetheart uh, she was a first-time buyer yep she was looking for a special place we looked at several condos and townhouses and we found this perfect one bedroom one bath cute mm-hmm. her and her dog it was wonderful she has always been on my mind on that one that's one of my favorites and then I guess the newlywed couple would be another favorite okay a newlywed couple. They were looking for their house. They were planning a wedding. They were a couple of months away from their wedding while they were trying to buy a house. They're brave. They were very brave. We would stay, we would start early in the morning, go until night. We finally found one, um, but it wasn't closing. They couldn't close on it until after the honeymoon and because the sellers didn't want to close until the day after the wedding they were leaving for their honeymoon so what we did is we closed prior to the wedding did a rent back and when they came back the sellers had left them this beautiful gorgeous welcome home wedding gift oh that's cool and they it was a frame that the seller mr seller made because he was in woodworking oh and that was one of my favorites, too. That's very sweet. Yeah. See, real estate is not all cutthroat and nope. bloody. There are some sweetheart moments out there. There are. There are. There's more sweetheart moments than there are cutthroat. Yeah. But so. people And people need to know that. Because yes, a lot of do. people think that it is just like, but no. No. Most of the stress us realtors try to take on. So right. our clients have an easy 
transition. Yes. Buying a house is stressful enough. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Susan, thank you so much for being here. This has been a great episode. I really enjoyed getting to talk thank to you, you about all this. We went down some rabbit holes. <laughs> we had some we had some good conversation. Susan, if someone wanted to get a hold of you about buying or selling mm-hmm. a house, what would be the best way to do that? We will put your phone number and your email yep. down here. But LinkedIn. Phone, text, and email. Um the fastest and easiest way is giving me a call or texting me. Okay. And then email. I don't check my email all the time, but my phone is always in my hand because I work right out of it. So texting or phone call is the best way. If I can't answer your phone call, I will text you, letting you know that I'm unavailable at the moment, but I will be free in an hour, or can we set up a time where I can give you a call back? And I try to do that right after their phone call so they know I did get your phone call. I just can't answer Sometimes it. just acknowledging <clears throat> that I saw you called yep. or I got your email or or yep. I got your text is just it's yep. super important. Yep. Awesome. So, and then we just get back to them. Very good. All righty, guys. Well, hey, thank you. That's all the time that we have. Please like, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, leave us a comment. If you want to keep on seeing content like this, if you want to know more about Susan, like like she said, give her a call, give her a text. Yep. Um, but we want to have we want to know what we're doing right too here on the podcast. If there's something that Absolutely. you want to see, let us know. So until next time, have a good one. Bye.